topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. host Akila C. Thompson. Thank you for tuning in to the Keeping the Beauty Show. I hope you all had an amazing weekend and a great start to what is going to be an incredible week. If this is your first time listening to the show, you can catch up on all our previous shows by listening to our archives on iHeartRadio.com by searching Keep It a Beauty. Every Monday, we're here at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on W4CY Radio. We aim to inspire you to elevate your dreams, your love, and your life. There's a lot going on in our Iron Beauty world, so please check out our website at ironbeautyinc.com. We are currently enrolled for our Confidence is Queen Summer Camp for Girls 10 through 18 years of age, which is August 8th through 14th from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. at the Jamaica YMCA here in Queens, New York. Our goal is to help girls build confidence, combat negative behaviors, and maximize their potential using our our tested and proven I Am Beauty Bootcamp curriculum in a summer camp format. So please send your girls to work with me and our amazing team. And you, as, as I said, check out our website for details and other programs that we have going on this summer. Before I introduce our guest for tonight, let me bring on our co-host for tonight, Amber, who is an integrative wellness practitioner specializing in preventative methods, integrative nutrition, and wellness coaching. Good evening, Amber. Good evening, sweetie. It's so good to be back. How you doing, girlfriend? I know. It's so good to have you back. You know, it was hard a couple of weeks talking to myself in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad to be back. Girl, I understand. And now that I'm officially in the second trimester feeling like myself, uh, I'm ready to get back into the groove of things. Oh, so I'm gonna live out my 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 mommy uh, fantasies through you because it'll be no a problem. long time before any cookies come out of this oven. That's what I said. So, <laughs> don't share any water with me. Yeah. So <laughs> we haven't we haven't done a hot topic in a while, and I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the tragedy that happened in Orlando over the weekend. For those that may not have heard, in Orlando, Florida, you know, fifty people went out to Pulse nightclub to have a great time and celebration of life and freedom. You know, to be who they are, and their lives were just tragically taken from them. You know, and there's a say about fifty three others who were injured and some in critically conditioned. You know, my heart just goes out to all the families, you know, and friends and the LGBTQ. LGBTQIA community who, you know, I just, it's, I don't know if you've, it's heartbreaking. It's just, it's just so heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. 
you know, some things today on social media, you know, one mother that was texting with her son. I know, and I saw her, that. I was just like, oh my God, you know. I was so, almost crying. I couldn't even imagine having to yeah. read those messages from my child. Oh my God, I can't. I, I try not to even really, <laughs> not that I'm not an advocate for finding out what's going on in the world, but I limit my news intake to just a couple of sources because, I mean, to listen to that amount of tragedy and grief, it seems like on a daily basis, they're reporting something every day. Um, I mean, it's just yeah, hard. It's, it's crazy. I mean, wasn't it just last week, something happened at UCLA? Yeah. Today, as I'm coming home, something just happened in Brooklyn where they shot like 40, uh, some, I think it was like 42 people that were injured somewhere in Brooklyn. So it's like, I, I tend to not make this show really political, but um, it took me back today and thinking about, you know, because everyone's having this whole conversation around gun laws right. and, and, you know, wanting to make them stricter. And I'm actually a product of, you know, someone from law enforcement. My dad was a, a warden and his gun made me nervous growing up, like always having it in the house. But now, even. now it's like I could actually appreciate it because I can't, you know, I, I can't even, you know, front and say that, like, I'm not afraid of like, right, it's right. just now you can be in church, you could be out having fun with your friends. I mean, you could, you know, be on a plane. It's just, uh, I mean, I'm just really praying for our world right now because, you know, does that I, make you want to have uh, yeah, you know, it like, like had, a gun in the home? Is, yeah, it literally had me thinking today, like, you know, do, do I need a gun? Like, you know, right. is what well, I feel, might want to take some sniper classes and something, yeah. <laughs> learn how to shoot really well. <laughs> Uh, everyone needs to be armed these days no i i and it's like it's really bad the fact that my mind would even go there you know same here but i've never thought about that before and and i've always been afraid of them so it's just it's i'm i'm just i I'm, i'm just really praying for our country and just the world in which we live in yeah absolutely we need to lead with more love and all of this hate. Yes. And, and yes. Love heals it all. I don't know when people are going to get it. It's like, and someone else was saying, I think it was probably an Instagram post where it's like, if, if nobody had the guns, then, you know, we'd be in a better place. The problem is deciphering who, and because we have such an issue with law enforcement, who, mm-hmm. you know, people who are entrusted to use their weapons with integrity under oaths, and then they, they go against those particular oaths and do not operate with integrity. It's hard to decipher who should and should not have these arms, you know, in their possession. Right. So it's and, like, and the, the one who doesn't really need to have it, that's the nut. The nut is going to find right. a way to get it anyway. That's so I mean, the, that's the, the easiest. <laughs> Yeah, it seems that way. It, it like falls in their lap or something. The ones who need it to protect themselves, they go through leaps and bounds and all kinds of red tape. And the ones who don't need to have it, they turn the corner and find one on the on the street like it's a piece of uh, candy. Yeah, but I'm just, you know, I just wanted to, to mention that to anyone who's listening that's affected, anybody that's a part of, you know, the LGBTQ community, my heart goes out because this is bigger than just yes. the families that were involved. I mean, listening to stories of people who I know that a gay club is like a safe haven for them, right. a place in which they can freely express themselves and be together in a world that seems that it's so against them. So it's just... It's just such a tragedy. It's really such a tragedy. And I'm, I agree. I'm hoping that um, 
you know, this can actually bring us closer together versus, you know, further apart. So and I my deepest have, condolences to the, to the yeah, people who have lost family members in that uh, horrific tragedy. Yeah. So I hate to lead the night with a, with a sad topic, but it just, how can you not talk about that? It's just, you right. know, it's yeah. Every, <laughs> it's yeah. Every, so, so, but on a, on a happier note, I'm really excited about our show for tonight, especially <laughs> Amber. I've been getting on you since the first time we met yes. about your social media <laughs> and sure the been. power of using it. So, you know, in this day and age, if it ain't on social media, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. I know. And I'm getting, I got my notepad and everything here because I'm going to get it together. You even, <laughs> you even <laughs> encouraged me to start a Facebook page. I don't know when last time I looked at that thing. Get it together. And if, and, if you want, and if you want to get a new business popping, I mean, right now, building an online presence is extremely vital. So I'm excited about tonight's show, which will be another addition to our Sister Circle series where we just started, where we bring on successful women to share their stories and tips on how they become successful. So tonight's topic, the business of social media with Instagram's favorite fitness queens. We're going to talk with some of my favorite fitness inspirations on Instagram and mm. share tips, share their journeys, as well as tips on how to build a successful platform on social media and how you can convert those followers into dollars. Because what sense is it hasn't having a whole bunch of people following you if you know you aren't being able to take advantage of it by giving them something and as well shoot if you can get paid for it why not why not <laughs> so i'm excited to have queenie back who was with us last Yay, Queenie! so you need to to go back is up on iHeartRadio right now and listen to that show <laughs> quinetta moore is founder of 21 days to plant base she's a plant-based vegan a mother of a seven-year-old and a health advocate she resides in miami florida with her daughter madison where she trains clients coaches a vegan curious as well as performs massage therapy to enhance full expeditious recovery for her clients we also have Dawn Archer, who started Sweat. Sweat is a feeling that cannot be described. It's an energy that is present in every class. Estelle created this class in March 2013 in a parking lot located in Richmond, Virginia. She quickly drew attention of neighbors and peers in, in the Manchester area. And in 2014, she sold her car, got all her belongings, flew to California with a one-way ticket, with mm -hmm. a goal to visit all 50 states in one year to help at least one person in every state. And that was just the beginning. And to date, she has completed the tour of the United States, which is incredible, including... That is incredible. And Thank just you. And it's one year? Yes. And, it's, and it is teaching at her own <clears throat> studio, The Sweatbox, located in Richmond, Virginia. Estelle visits California and other states when sponsored to continue to uplift men, women, and kids. Welcome to the show, ladies. Thank you welcome, so much. Welcome, I'm so excited <laughs> about this show. So... <laughs> So we had Queen, we had Queenie for a whole hour last week. So I'll start with you, Dawn, to just tell us a little bit more about you, I guess, that we didn't touch up on in, in the bio, just kind of where you're from originally. I see you from Richmond and how you arrived at this point uh, in, you know, now being the queen of sweat. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I was born and raised in Richmond, Virginia, and um, I went to school in Atlanta, Georgia. I used to paint and sew wedding gowns and decorate cakes and just do anything creative that you can think of. And eventually um, I decided to go to school for fashion design. 
So I did that. I went to school in Atlanta. And while I was in Atlanta um, is when I kind of fell into my heaviest weight as well as a depression, which led to um, being me being suicidal. Um, mm-hmm. And that was where I kind of had my changing point in my life. I never really thought I could lose the weight that I had gained um, over you know the years, but I knew I had to find something that I could control and take control of it because I was losing control of everything. And that's what I did. I, I realized that I had control over me and I had power over what I did for myself and my future. And I started to control what I could control. And uh, once I started eating better and exercising, everything just kind of happened. And um, nowhere was I signing up saying, oh, I want to be a fitness instructor in five years or I want to have my own business. I just knew that I wanted to help people and I wanted them to have the same feeling that I felt to actually be awake and want to be awake. Um, And so that's kind of how I started SWEAT. I left my job. I moved home. I started teaching in a parking lot um, because I couldn't afford rent. And um, I went from six or seven people that just, you know, felt bad that I was out there dancing by myself. And um, (laughs) eventually I had 60 people in, in my classes and people were telling people and then they wanted me to come to where they were. And that's kind of how I started the sweat tour. So that's kind of how I got started. It was really unconventional and really organic. And, um, it's, it's amazing. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. That is so fantastic. I think it's a testament to just following where your heart calls you and what your passion is. These are the details that people don't hear about. And they say, Oh my gosh, you created something, something so amazing, but the journey is even more amazing. I mean, who, who would think to pack their car up, one-way ticket to Cali and look at where you are in just one year. God just works miracles. Yes, he does. And the gas price went down every time I needed to go from a state to state and everything worked out perfectly. So Queenie, just give us a little summary as well for our listeners who weren't listening in last week and may have haven't had the opportunity of kind of where you are and um, you know how you arrived at this point. So I am a fish trainer. I've always been fit. Um, I started out. I started Queen, with a Queenie, Queenie, you you're, you're breaking up really yeah. badly. Oh God, the Wi-Fi. I don't know. It's, it's, I can hear you guys fine. Okay. You, me? you just you know what? Go ahead and dial the number, and we'll okay. we'll, we'll leave you in that way. So, so Dawn, until we can get Queenie back, uh, I just have a follow-up question. So when you set the goal of going to all 50 states, like, how did you even go about that? Like, because, I mean, that's something that I'm sure many people are interested in in, in taking their business. I know even with what I, I do now with I Am Beauty and in, in expanding to other states, you know, there's a it can seem like a very daunting and difficult thing to do. And the fact that you went to 50 states in a year, perhaps <laughs> many of us are overlooking, overthinking things. That, yeah. you know, right. That's how I feel. Are we overthinking it? Do we just um, jump and do it? You know, I don't have any kids, and I didn't really have, um, uh, well, I didn't have a permanent position at a company, so I didn't have a lot of responsibility, so my risk was really low as far as, okay, if this doesn't work, I'll just come back home and, and get back on the couch and teach again and, and save more money. Um, I'm a minimalist anyway, so I don't buy a lot of things. I don't spend a lot of money on things, so I ended up saving $40,000 from just teaching in the parking lot, selling my DVDs that I filmed myself, edited myself, um, so 
sell, distribute myself. Um, and it's the same thing with my ebook. So I was able to have these different streams of income. So when I decided to do it, I didn't really know if it would work, but I figured what's the worst that can happen? I just come back home. So um, when I bought that ticket, I, I didn't even know exactly what states I was going to go to. I didn't know how people were going to find out about it. All I knew was that I had my social media and that I was going to post, okay, there's 52 weeks in a year. I'm going to be in a different state every single week and I'm going to teach at the same time and I'll tell you where I'm going to be a week before class starts. Um, and it just worked. And, and by the grace of God, you know, at least one person came in every single state. Um, and it was just, it was really amazing. I'm, I'm working on a documentary and a book about the tour just to talk about different experiences I had, ways that other people can save money if they travel. Um, so that'll kind of answer a lot of questions too. That is amazing. Wow. But how many people did you talk to about this particular venture or did you just decide to do it and move forward with the plan? You know, that's an interesting question because I get that a lot because people say, you know, I'm nervous to share my vision with people because I'm afraid that, you know, they're going to take it or, you know, things like that. And right. for me, I, I just, I thought people would look at me like I was crazy, but I didn't really care. Right. Um, I felt that in my heart, it was what I needed to do in that time, in that place, in my life. And I was never going to be able to do it again. And um, I did. I told my mom and my dad. And they were like, well, you just need to be safe. And I told my grandmother. And she said, well, you have to call me every single day. And I did. I called her every single day for an entire year, which I normally talk to her a few times a week. But um, that was the rules. And I did, and I wasn't allowed to sleep in my car. <laughs> so, right. um, uh, you know, because they know the I would do that. You, right. The people who love you had your best interest. But that's why I asked because... You know, I think it's important for listeners to understand, like, it's not, it's, you have so many people whose perspectives can influence, you know, your decision or even following your passion. But those who truly, truly love you are in your inner circle will, you know, encourage you. And I think it's great that you had your core to say, this is what you need to do so that we know you're safe. And then, of course, wish you the best and look how successful you are. Yes, and if it's meant for you, if it's your purpose, and if it's what you're supposed to do, then it's going to work out for you. And if you're trying to do something just because someone else is doing it, and it's not you're not doing it the right way, then it's not going to work out. You're going to exactly. have hiccups there. So then, just understanding also just the, the business side of it as well. So did you have a contact in every state? How did you start the process of even like creating? Because I assume you went to every state and you had a class. I did, did yes. Did you work with gyms or did you work with, with people? Because I know there, there were some other people who I know, uh, I think he goes by a guru of abs. I remember when he was starting his tour and he would just like say, hey, I want to come to New York. Like who, you know, has access to New York to a studio or so forth. And I remember actually having a conversation with him and helping him facilitate his New York workshop. So was it like that? Did you engage your followers? Uh, you know, how, what was your approach to, to having, I guess, a contact in each state or a place to go? So it it was really really I didn't I didn't know to be honest when I first started I didn't know okay what do I need in order to teach here I knew there was you know a thing as permits but I don't I, I would rather ask for forgiveness than ask for permission <laughs> um, and so honestly I the best route. Yeah, I didn't know anyone really in every single state. There was only maybe like two or three states where I knew people. And what I would do is I would get to a state and I would say, okay, well, I know I'm going to be teaching in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I would look on Google Maps or I would Google safe parks in Google, Nevada. And I would look, okay, look at the area on Google Maps and see if there's an area that we can dance in. And then I would say, okay, I would go check it out. You know, drive Oh, by. you did these outside. Yeah, Almost. she said she was out there like a crazy wow. person. Oh, I'm almost everyone. That's why I was so inspirational. Wow, that <laughs> like actually so far in gyms. level. 
Yeah, some of them were in gyms, but a lot of the, you know, a lot of the people that that um, I would reach out to would try to charge me way too much, and I was paying for, you know, hotels for an entire week. I was also only charging $10 a class because I wanted to keep it affordable, and so it was really hard for me to pay $200, $300 to rent your space for an hour or do a permit, you know, because I didn't do RSVPs either. The entire tour, I never knew who was coming until I got to class. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so we got Queenie back on. Queenie, you there, boo? I am. I am. Yay. <laughs> okay, much, 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 much better. Yes, we can. We can hear you. <laughs> and uh, we got the update from Dawn on uh, how we're all inspired over here with this. Mm-hmm. I can't believe she was in a parking lot in like fifty different. That's just that's just so crazy. So oh, just yes. I, I wanted to to just give a, a bit of a bit of a summary of kind of like you know where you're from, kind of how you arrived at with your business before we jump into kind of our social media conversation. Yeah, so I was um, not always <laughs> healthy and fit. <laughs> um, I wasn't severely overweight. I was only about 25, well, I'll say only, but 25 pounds probably over uh, what was my recommended uh, weight for my height. But I knew, um, though aesthetically it didn't really look bad, I knew I didn't feel the best. I had a two-year-old daughter at the time, and my inspiration uh, to get fit was, um, like most parents, I felt that I needed to protect my child. And at that point, I said to myself, if my daughter ran out, she's two years old, you know, she darted out into traffic, could you honestly catch her? Mm. And I think that really kind of like, I, I said to myself, I'm 27, like I should be able to do that. But I wasn't. And that was, um, that was kind of like the motivation that kind of just sprouted, you know, sprouted the health and wellness journey for me. And so I started there and started eating clean or what traditional clean eating is and started uh, working out a few months later, um, had friends asking me, Hey, what'd you do? How did you do this? Can you help me? You know? <laughs> and at that time I was pretty much staying at home with my daughter and uh, working at a pharmacy, which I don't know if I mentioned last week that uh, you didn't. This is all you sure did it, right? I'm glad. Yeah, that's so I, crazy. I wasn't gonna say I was gonna call you out, Queen, but I'm like, you sure didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, that that's so crazy that I didn't because it's such a it's such a <laughs> uh, three well not a three sixty but a one eighty because I really used to believe in conventional um, or allopathic medicine, and <laughs> now I'm on the other end of the spectrum. But I guess it all came from. Uh, being interested in helping people and helping them get better. I think that's what I got. That was the foundation. I think that was really what I wanted to do. And I did that in the military. And so I did that outside of the military also. I was a pre-pharmacy. I was taking all my pre-pharmacy prerequisites to, um, to apply to pharmacy school. And um, yeah, and then I ended up trying the juice fast that I spoke of last week for three days. After I started breaking out, acne, and feeling lethargic and all of that, and um, I tried a juice fast and felt amazing, went back to a regular clean eating diet, didn't feel as great, and about a month later, sat down at my breakfast table and thought, hey, what can I do differently that would mimic last, you know, the, the last time that I felt amazing, which was on the juice fast. So that's where I started the plant-based diet and the plant-based vegan lifestyle. So that's what I do. But what I do now is I help create people or help people who want to go vegan. Um, I, I have a platform for them, a Facebook member support group. I have 
um, all the resources that they need, educational and otherwise, recipe-wise, to fully commit to the lifestyle for 21 days as that's what's needed to make or break a bad habit or create a new one. So that's what I do now. And, of course, I'm a massage therapist and personal trainer. Yeah, she just does it all. <laughs> many, a woman yeah. of many hats. Yeah. So yeah. Anyone, anyone as we all are. We had a really good conversation last week, so definitely check out Living a, pla- a Plant-Based Life. So I want to transition because both of you, I mean, between the two of you, you have like several hundred followers on social media. I only really know IG. I'm sure you yeah, got Twitter, Facebook, you know, who, because I know Queenie, I had to actually ask her to like delete somebody so I could be her friend. <laughs> I did. I like, can you please delete somebody so, you know, we can be friends? <laughs> so I'm that's a great problem to have. Um, that is a great problem to have. So how did you, you did you two, because I, I know that both of you actually started using social media kind of early on when people didn't really understand it. Because I remember when I first started using so, uh, social media, the first person that I came along was like Manko Fit, who, you know, back then had like several hundred followers who now has, you know, like I, th- I think she has like a couple million followers and yeah. goes by something different. Um, so when did you both start using social social media and how did, did have you used it to, you know, build a platform and not really like, I guess, ingrain it and use it in your business? Feel free, either one of you, you know, jump at it for, you know. <laughs> It doesn't matter who goes first. You can do that, John. Okay. Um, I started, I believe I started my page in, I want to say late 2012, early 2013. Mm -hmm. And I I remember sitting on my couch or at my grandmother's house on her couch and my cousin was on it. And I'm like, what is that thing? Like, I don't understand that. What are people using it for? And then she's like, oh, you know, it's this. And you post pictures. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I don't need anything like that in my life. I would be on my phone all the time. And she's like, well, just make a page. And then I made a page. I'm like, okay. So... Um, I started just posting pictures because I was um, eating better. And so I'm like, well, let me just post some pictures of what I eat. Maybe this will be interesting to people. And um, then I started to lose. So once I started to lose, I would post pictures in my small in my clothes that I could fit that were smaller. And then I'm like, oh, people like this. And so that's kind of how I started posting and started gaining followers. Um, once I realized that people really wanted to see and this is the advice that I give to anybody who's really wanting to grow their business through social media is to show people what they can do in their own home in the middle of nowhere wherever they are to do what you do so that's when I started doing my ebooks because I'm like okay well if you know they're in the middle of North Dakota and they want to know okay well what is she eating and how can I do that then let me tell them and then that way they can do that wherever they are they don't have to actually be here and I feel like that's what social media is you know, a way to connect people mm-hmm. wherever they are. Um, so that's kind of how I, how I grew and how I got started with my business through social media. So were there anything, any kinds of posts that you feel were, because like I, I'll use myself for an example. A few years ago, I posted a before and after picture because back then in like 2013, I was about that life and was, uh, uh, was pretty fit. And I remember Manko Fit liked my picture and um, Instagram Fitness, which was a big page back then, liked my picture. And that day I got like 800 new followers in one day. Wow. As a result of that one picture. So was there a moment at all for you where there was something you posted where like you had a significant amount or amount of followers where you 
because I know some people have uh, taken advantage of advantage of maybe being featured on a page that had more followers than you. Like, were there any strategies that worked for either of you in in, in building your your platforms? Um, I guess. Well, <clears throat> for me, I've always been very good friends with. Um, most people know her as Get Fit with Mick. I've always been very good friends with her, and I was um, also very well connected with Lita. Follow the Lita. Uh, very early on. Yeah, so we had always kind of communicated via Twitter or, you know, early days in Instagram um, through liking each other's pictures and following each other. So they would always feature me, and they always had more followers than I did. Uh, but I got most of my – the following that I obtained on my own that people, I guess, flocked to me for was um, I did a lot of transformation pictures with my clients, you know, so mm-hmm. before and after. Yeah, but then also um, a lot of followers from the C-section moms. So I myself am a C-section mom. And um, I guess give hope to those who thought that they would never be able to get a flat stomach or lose the dreaded pouch. Because that was a huge fear of mine also. So I just never thought I'd wear a bikini comfortably ever again. <laughs> so... Um, so now, now you can see him in me almost every day. I'm probably, <laughs> if it's warm weather, I'm going to have a bikini on. Just because and I And you should, because you work so darn yeah, hard. I, I honestly, man, I thought I was never going to, I was like really depressed about that, thinking, man, I'm young, I'm not an old mom, you know, I'm not in my 50s, I'm not my late 40s, I shouldn't really have to be too modest. So, um yeah, so that's really kind of like, and that's where I still get a lot of my followers from, um, whenever I get large groups of people it's the c-section bonds and then of course people interested in plant-based living got it yeah it sounds like like being able to tap into those uh groups that can relate to your experience and your journey absolutely absolutely through transparency and i know dawn i know dawn i can speak to dawn there because she's very transparent and um, I'm sure that's where she gained a lot of her followers also because they like to see what you went through. Mm, transparent, a.k.a. fearless. Because I would say that's one of the things, overthinking a post or feeling like, oh, I'm not going to get a lot of likes from this one. Or I know people, do, they don't care what likes they're going to get. And that's, I, I think transparency and fearlessness are, are kind of synonymous in that in that respect. Just do what you do. And those who it's for are going to like it. Okay. Don, yeah, how about you then? As far as as far as like if there were any things that were any significant periods in which you gained followers, anything that you did or a, were there a certain post that were, I know I've seen a post, like a transformation picture of you, like kind of your before and after, or were there times where maybe days you posted those kinds of pictures, did more people flock or follow those days? Were there any kind of strategies that you had around that? Yeah. They always um, generated more likes, but again, like I think with Queenie, like regardless of the likes that I get, because that varies. I mean, I can post something really, really informational that's really important for people to know, as far as like an eating picture or how to, you know, eat affordably. But it might get like it might not even hit a thousand likes. But if I post a picture of me getting ready to go out at night, it'll hit over a thousand, a million likes. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that you know the likes aren't so as aren't important to me at all as far as, you know, my audience size, because I definitely think that 
keeping and retaining those people, you know, and keeping their attention is important. And I feel like I do do that from what Queenie had mentioned as far as transparency. I talked a lot in the beginning about being in my depression and I still do now and and talking about how I got through it. And, you know, I was really honest about marks that I have on my skin from being overweight and just things that people just don't want to talk about or don't want to admit that they have. And I think that draws people to know, okay, well, she's real and she went through this and she still goes through these things, but this is how she gets through it. Mm. So do you think that people should document those things while they're going through it? Or are people in love with the the success story that you got through it? So, you know, I know some people now in that same state, you know, may have gained weight uh, or going through depression. And it's not something that, you know, you may want to put on the Internet because you don't want to necessarily depress people that you're following because you're going through something and you're not on the other side of it yet to kind of give that hope and that empowerment. You know, or do you wait until, you know, you've got on the other side of it and then really go back and kind of tell the story? Well, I think that talking about it and sharing your story is healing. And that's how it was for me. And so the more that I talked about it and the more that I faced it and the more that I admitted that it was real and that it was real life, it, it allowed me to heal. Because the more that I was in denial, the more I just wanted to sleep in the problems. But when I was up and I was actually working on myself and I was actually working on my problems and finding different ways to deal with them, which for me, an outlet would be like my diary, which is like my Instagram. It helped me heal. So it all depends on how open that you want to be and how tough your skin is as far as judgment goes, because there's always, always, Mm -hmm. I'm sure how successful you are, no matter how many you are no matter how fit you are you're always going to have someone who is going to have something negative to say because they are not happy where they are with or with themselves yeah, and so i think person, that you have to be prepared. yeah you have to be prepared for that and if you can ignore that and keep moving and keep doing your thing, like then i definitely encourage people to do it in the moment So how do you deal with that? Because that's one thing that I see all of the time when I'm on someone's page who has a whole bunch of followers. There's always that one or two people that just have something to say on everything. Mm -hmm. So how have you dealt with that, you know, uh, along the way? Has anybody ever got you and like, you know, actually upset (laughs) upset you with something that they said? Or, you know, do you deal with it by just blocking people and moving on? Or do you sometimes have some choice words with people on Instagram? so in the beginning I I remember I was on tour and my ex was with me and we were driving through Utah I was on my way to teach in Salt Lake and I remember being in the car and I kept seeing these posts and the name of the Instagram post or the page or account was F Fat Archer and they wrote out the whole word and um, I kept seeing these notifications like this person liked your picture Um, this person commented on your picture this person tagged you in a post and I'm driving and I'm like I can't really look at it and finally I get to the hotel and I I get in the room and I'm starting to look through these posts and I'm like oh my gosh this person made an entire page with pictures of me you know that I posted already saying you know she's just traveling with her boyfriend and they're you know taking all your money and don't believe her and she never responds and you know all this and Um, people were starting to follow them and they were posting these pictures and they were lying. They were completely turning what I was saying around into something really, really terrible. And I remember coming home and I'm like, there's like, I'm so upset at this person. It's like the girls in school that talk about you. And then you're nice to them because you don't know who's talking about you. Mm. So so this was happening over and over and like over a period of a week, honestly, for a week, 
this just went on and I'm trying to stay focused and be on tour and be humble and, you know, not really like go on this page and really spend too much time giving it energy. And um, I'm reporting it to Instagram. I'm saying it's, you know, a harassing page. It's a bullying page. And um, people were just starting to follow, follow, follow. So I decided to make people like messiness, which is just, a, it's yeah. unfortunate. Yeah. Addicted oh, yeah, to drama. Entertained almost. Yeah, exactly. And, um, I made a, I made a page and I said, you know, I put a few pictures and I'm like, they're going to be suspicious because I just opened this new page, but I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for it. And I DM this person. And I was like, Hey, I don't like her either. I deleted my entire page because she, um, was mean to me. And then they started talking to me and they were like, yeah. She, um, my daughter sent her a message on Instagram and she didn't respond. And my daughter cried in her room all night because Estelle didn't respond to her. And I want her to feel the way she made my daughter feel. And it was a grown man. It was, I don't know exactly oh, where he was, but it was a grown man who was trying to, to retaliate for his child. And I think where people didn't understand at that point is that, you know, the thousand, two thousand followers, you can just, and you get back to people. But at that point I was over a hundred thousand. So I can only go back a certain amount through my timeline Don, you're breaking up a little bit so i don't know if oh, you sorry. Have... So, I, I i would have okay, never guessed closer. that it's a guy that, that a father at that yeah no, that's have but, gone on that mission to i know to defend his daughter so right. so so queenie i mean one of the thing that we want to get to which which was one of, you sparked this whole conversation even wanting to do this show and listening to you and all of the different products that you have been able to create as a result of building this business online through social media so what have been some of the different products that like you were able to create uh by using it, social media well i guess the the first um, my first reason for going on social media was, well, to pretty much take pictures of my clients <laughs> and our workouts and things. So um, I was able to gain a lot of my clientele just through social media. And it was so funny because um, I was in, you know, Raleigh-Durham, North Carolina at the time and didn't realize so many people from that area were like on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that they weren't, but I was able to gain so so many clientele, so much clients from so many clients from the Raleigh Durham area. So that was, I guess, the first product, quote unquote, the first service that I was able to sell via Instagram. But um, that quickly turned into, or at, I don't know if you guys have followed. Well, if you have followed me, you've seen that I've done um, a summer tour with Nick. Get fit with Nick. Yeah, that's what that. that yes. Is. Yeah, so that be, that ended up probably being the second largest thing that I was able to market, um, that we were able to market through social media. So we did something similar to what Don did, but not not as not as huge. We didn't cover fifty states, but we do over the summers. <laughs> both of us are, you know, single single parents, and um, we do what we can over the summer to um, reach the people who, just like what Don said, people maybe who necessarily wanted to train with her or wanted to dance with her, uh, but they didn't have. They weren't in Richmond, Virginia, or in that area. So we always get, uh, oh, I would love for you to be my trainer. I would love to work out with you. I just think that you know what I, you know, want, and <laughs> or whatever. So both Nikki and I get that, and um, or almost everyone, I'm sure, as a trainer on social media gets that. So what we decided to do was go over the summer and go to different cities and train um, out of those cities for throughout the for throughout the summer, which has actually been very profitable, 
And, um, I mean, we funded on our own. So I, just like Dawn said, you know, it wasn't like we're, nobody's getting rich over here. <laughs> we were funding it ourselves mm-hmm. and it's gotten better each year, you know, so there's, there's been progression there. But I guess my most profitable would be the 21 Days to Plant Base, the program itself. Um, as we were speaking of last week, I, when I first did the program, I made it free. And I think I had somewhere around 2,000 people sign up. It was 2,600 or 2,400, somewhere around there. So I um, had 2,000 people sign up. And that, that came off. I started the idea of 21 Days to Plant Based because my biggest question, my biggest email, my most frequent email in my inbox was, what do you eat? And I remember being on tour our first year, Nick and I, and that summer, and I was so sick of, like, writing the same thing, like, every time. (laughs) I really should have just copied it and pasted it um, (laughs) and sent it to so many people. But I was like, you know, I really want to give these people, because they sound like they want to know because they want to try it. So let me give them a free resource um, so that they can um, get the most uh, information that I can provide, you know, while I'm on tour because I was really busy. So I ended up getting seven different plant-based chefs and I contacted them through social media. Everybody was through Instagram and I followed them and I liked their posts and I liked what they stood for or how their meals were presented. So I contacted seven different plant-based chefs, had them each give me three days worth of meals and Mm -hmm. I made a free database for them through a website called Trainers Vault. And, um, so everyone was able to go on Trainers Vault website and click on the challenge, subscribe, and they got 21 days worth of recipes. So that's how it started. And then I ended up monetizing it last year um, in about August, I think, August, and charged $21 for it. And I've had probably close to 5,000 people sign up since um, that one started. Wow. So, yeah, it's, so it's, it's a really it's a, Sorry, Clem. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask, and speaking of monetizing, because earlier you mentioned how when you first started on this journey, you were working with, um, and this happens often when you have a lot of people with that, you know, the help me, help me, help me. And then how do you monetize that? How do you go from let me help you because this is my passion and giving that advice freely to say, actually, this is my specialty and this is what I'm charging for? Because I think entrepreneurs get stuck with that and you have like friends and family to come and they, the the famous help me give me that discount can i get your knowledge and then how do you monetize from there so just a word to the wise for them in the health and fitness field i'm not sure that this applies to i'm sure it applies to other fields but specifically in the health and wellness field you're going to get a lot of people who don't want to do the work um they don't want to do the work they want all the answers and they want them for free and they're not really willing to pay for them be very clear <laughs> those are the people that uh, you need to kind of stay away from because, to be mm-hmm. honest, if you value anything, you're going to put a price to it. So if I really valued uh, Mako Fit's advice, I'm going to be more than willing to pay Mako Fit for her advice because I know she's t- taken years to get to her level of expertise. Or if it's another person in their nutrition wellness, I know that it's taken a lot of years for them to get the education and so on and so forth. If you go to college, you pay you know, you pay for an education. They don't give it to you just because you want it really badly. Right. Um, oh, that's so true. So, yeah. So if, if I know most people who are in this field are givers and we like to give and we like yes. to give people well. So that's a very, 
you have to be very careful because people will drain you. And I've been mm-hmm. through it. I've been there. Um, so Same. what you have to do is most people, I think entrepreneurs come up or people who invent, you know, products, they always come up with their ideas because they see a need. So normally that need is what creates or sparks this creativity to create a product or to create a service. Um, and that's really, I guess you have to t- hone in on life for us gets very busy as with everyone else and we're doing so many things that we're not necessarily being mindful of what is being asked of us and how we can monetize that area and so for me that's what created that need or the need was I paid attention to it because I was on (laughs) on tour probably out of my normal surroundings probably out of you know making breakfast every morning making lunch making dinner, I was probably out of that circumstance, that normal routine, and I was probably able to see things a lot clearer. So that's probably what happened for me. Um, but I was continually replying back to the same emails with the same things, and I wanted to answer those people. So I guess where you find um, the need, I think that's what you I, – I always recommend everyone needs to be journaling. I don't care if you are on a weight loss journey, if you're an entrepreneur, if you feel like you have everything – going for yourself. Journaling is one of the most productive things I can, I can say for myself that I've actually seen more progress. And I know my religious people are going to like hate me for this, but I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed (laughs) and that necessarily got the most results from it. When I journal, Mm. I am able to physically see what my dilemma is, what my blessings are, what my, I mean, everything. I can, I can physically see it. It's not just my feeling. It's not just my emotion. I can see it. So that makes it more tangible for me. And, and because it's more tangible, I can um, fix it or, or come up with a solution <laughs> on how to fix it. I mean, that's, that's really your solutions, I think. That's your result. So, well, pretty, I, pretty, I, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. We just uh, were at like three minutes. Oh, and, no, I know Dawn, and Dawn is back on. So I just wanted okay. to wrap up. And um, in like 30 seconds or less, uh, Dawn, any last minute just tips for people that are listening, uh, how to just effectively use social media to build their business or anything regarding uh, building online products, services, any of that? Use hashtags. If you go to Atlanta, hashtag Atlanta. If you go to the Super Bowl, hashtag Super Bowl. Wherever you are, use your hashtags. People will find you that way if they're not already following you. And be honest and be humble. And um, I mean, that's the best advice. Work, work really, really, really hard, and um, everything will work out. <laughs> so, Thank both you, Dawn. Of you, both of you, uh, what's next for you? Uh, I guess we'll start with Dawn. What's next for you, and how can people that are listening find out more about you? So I will be in uh, California the first weekend in July, and the second weekend in July I'll be in Miami. So I'll be teaching. I'll put that on my website. It's dawn-archer.com, D-A-W-N hyphen A-R-C-H-E-R, and my Instagram is at Estelle Archer. Um, and I'll be working on the book for the tour and the documentary. So that's what I got coming up next. Awesome. Queenie? Oh, well, next week I am in L.A. for um, an event out there for most vegans. So I will be in the L.A. area if you guys have any questions for me. There will be all of the information is going to be on my Instagram where I will be. You'll probably find me at your local vegan restaurant (laughs) eating some food. And then everything else is um, I have an actual, I'm so amazed. 
I have a new a new challenge coming up, so please, please, please register for the newsletter on 21daystoplantbased.com. Um, there's a really exciting challenge I am releasing on July 4th uh, for the summer um, summer needs for our vegan wannabes that can't <laughs> let go of their barbecue. <laughs> so. um, and we didn't get to the destination fit trip, but have you, uh, and that's one thing I wanted to get to, but we ran out of time. Have you decided on a location for the one next year yet? I know this one passed already for this year. No, we're, we're not there yet. It's, okay. It's in discussion. Okay. Well, well, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for yes. coming here tonight with this us. This has been a great show. Yeah, to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. If you joined us late tonight, you can listen to the full show and all our previous shows on iHeartRadio or visiting KeepItABeauty.com. We have a lot of things coming up this summer. And check out our website for all of our programs and different events we have coming up. So go to IamBeautyInc.com for the latest. Join us next week, same place, same time. And please do tell a friend. And our quote this week is, if a man achieves victory over this body, who in the world can exercise power over him? He who rules himself rules over the world. Make this a great week. Until next Monday, be beauty. Be beauty. Be beauty.